for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Focused on the facts. Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A couple of great commentators coming up this hour on the program. The one and only Ross Cameron, the former federal member for Parramatta in Sydney, and a fellow who you've been hearing on Sunday nights on TNT, a fellow with enormous intellect and great wit. So we look forward to a regular engagement with Ross, and we'll get to him in just a short while, and a, a contributor and writer for the Cauldron Pool, which is a, a wonderful site with some really great opinion commentary. Uh, Evelyn Ray will be along as well, and Evelyn has a story from the UK about diversity, which we'll have a good a chat about. Uh, but tomorrow on the program, I'm going to go live to Las Vegas and speak with our techno cyber whiz. Um, that, of course, is Alex Zaha Roth-Royt, who's at the CES Technology Expo, which is the biggest expo each and every year in Las Vegas. As a matter of fact, one of the great um, toys, I guess you could call it, televisions that have been produced, this time it's been produced by LG, is a transparent television. Yes, wireless, transparent, you name it, the latest and greatest. You can look at it when it's not on, it's transparent. Why anyone would want a transparent television, I've got no idea. But LG thinks that someone does, and it's the latest and greatest device. We'll talk about that with Alex next uh, tomorrow on the program. And just quickly, before I, um, I get to Ross, I just want to go to the talk lines. If you want to have your say, by all means, jump in and be part of the conversation. It doesn't matter who uh, is on the radio or who is speaking, whatever guest I have on, if you want to be part of that conversation, uh, you will take centre stage as well. So you can jump on from the United States or Canada on 1-888-201-6425. From the UK, 033-0024-1025. And from Australia and New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. Our good friend Siv has phoned through. Wanted to talk about COVID. Hi there, Siv. G'day, mate. Um by the way, just as an aside, um, those international numbers do sound a bit like that Welsh railway station that goes for about four days. You know, the one with the really long name that every Welsh person's supposed to be able to say, or every yes. person in Australia tries to. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that one's very long. I was just thinking about that as, as you were rattling through the numbers. But yes, I did want to raise a COVID thing. I'm, uh, I, I don't know whether this is me sort of, you know, surmising and being a little too jittery, but I'm starting to hear these stories come out into the media about the COVID cases are going up, the infections are going up, uh, we've got a, a variant that uh, if the World Health Organization, and some of us really do trust the World Health Organization, not, not. Uh, the World Health Organization, <laughs> the World Health Organization, they've called this a variant of interest. I'm wondering if there's a quiet little signal going on that, you know, maybe, look, I, I just hope we, I hope we don't do this, but I wonder if there's some who are sort of saying lockdown time again. I hope not. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's time we stood I to attention, not. saluted, said, I'm sorry, comrade, I'll do as I am told again. Maybe it's time we do that. <laughs> it's just unbelievable, isn't it? I, I thought, I thought we were kind of, I thought we are kind of past the COVID. Now, look, that's not to say, People who are older or people who have, you know, Im immune 
system issues or people who've got lung issues that are affected by things, I'm sure they get affected by the flu or by the common cold. The common cold do. or the flu gets gets a, a hell of a lot more exacerbated. I'm not dismissing that, but what I am concerned about is that we're going to go that we go back to the old days and our favourite uh, Australian health physician who uh, works for our taxpayer-funded organisation down here called the ABC, that uh, fear-monger Dr Norman Swan, he'll be out there, you know, sort of calling oh. for lockdowns if the stories continue. He's rubbing his hands at no all of this and puts him back it. into the spotlight. Yeah. Well, he has, been, he has been a bit sort of quiet for a while. This might sort of wake him up and shake him out of his tree. But yeah, yeah. I, I just—I was like, "What do you make of all this?" I, I'm just seeing this all just coming out, you know. Well, I'm um, about to talk to Ross Cameron specifically about the fear mongering Mark III, and uh, we'll discuss that with him in just a second. But you have read it right. And how many times I walked into a where was it? It was a um, radiologist yesterday at yeah. North Shore Hospital, attached mm -hmm. to North Shore Hospital, a radiologist, and everyone associated with that service was wearing a mask. Everyone was, the receptionists were wearing masks. They were about a metre and a half away from me. Um, the technicians were wearing masks. They were more separated from me intentionally. It was almost as like as if we were in the middle of the pandemic all over again. I feel like we, I feel like, I, I feel like we, 2024, I'm not really sure whether in 2024 or in 2022, or sorry, 2024 or 2021 or 2020, I yeah. severely, I really, I, I look. We've got to be, we've got to be aware of this. We should not go back to lockdown. Yes, have some sort of infection controls. No problem with that. But lockdowns, they, they, we've seen the effects of this. We know what it's done to children. We know what it does to people's mental health. We should not be going back there under any circumstance. Good to talk to you, Chris. Well said, Siv. I'm glad you made a comment on that. Thank you very much for your call. We'll talk to Ross Cameron about that and more right after this on TNT. Conversations to inform and include. It's meant for everyday people to understand. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, he's a former Federal Liberal Party MP for Parramatta in Sydney. He's a lawyer. He's also president of the Libertarian Party of New South Wales. He's a famous devotee of former Roman emperor and philosopher Marcus Aurelius. And as Marcus said, Ross, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Note well, right? What a beautiful introduction. I mean, if you're writing that yourself, it's poetry. Um, <laughs> I move an extension of time, sir. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's extend <clears throat> our time together. I want to talk about what Siv raised. That's a perfect cue for it. The COVID fear mongering is growing. We're seeing it every day with masks returning in hospitals to that radiology uh, unit I went to yesterday at North Shore, they were all wearing them and keeping their distance. We've got public officers who are very, very scared of what you might be carrying again. Uh, we've got hospitals we hear today in a major story loaded up with COVID patients. Uh, we've got quote from a Victorian health official, wave after wave of COVID inflicting the community. Will we learn the lessons of the pandemic or not, do you think? Well, it is clear that our state and federal governments are determined not to learn the lessons if their conduct is any guide, in the sense that we have had the most stunning uh, authoritarian overreach and destruction of ancient historical rights, uh, combined with 
the total tearing up of the Nuremberg Convention on Voluntary Consent to Human Medical Experimentation, uh, followed by this extraordinary spike in all-cause mortality, the so-called sudden death syndrome. Um, and yet we find the response of state and federal governments uh, is uh, look the other way, uh, any other subject except the elephant in the room. Yeah. So I think we can assume on that basis that uh, the, the government is determined uh, that, you know, there is none so blind as those determined not to see. Um, the, the more interesting question, I think, Chris, is, you know, is this an uh, isolate? We talk about language groups as being either a family of languages or an isolate one off, not to be connected with any other uh, uh, language. And I see the COVID um, overreach, but in particular, the really concerted uh, fear-mongering, it was verging on terrorism in a sort of collusion between the mainstream media and the state and federal health agencies to ramp up fear uh, around this particular respiratory virus to a level where the population was in such a state of terror that they would accept uh, any form of lockdown, yeah. mandatory medicine, forced injection. And so these uh, measures that your Sev, I think your caller is referring to, is a sort of a gingering up. It is a uh, a smashing of the meat to tenderize it, to get us psychologically ready for the next outrage that we can no doubt expect over the weeks and months ahead. Yeah, which is just a tragic, tragic uh, prospect, I would have thought. I want to talk about Elon Musk, if I may. He has reacted um, rather nonchalantly to the Wall Street Journal story yesterday, which quoted staff at X and also at SpaceX as saying that they were concerned over Elon Musk's regular drug taking. He said Monday, the WSJ is trash and whatever I'm doing, I should keep doing it. Isn't Elon free to smoke whatever he wants? And what are these staff members doing saying his drug taking is going to affect the company? The company's doing pretty well, the last yes. I checked. <clears throat> yeah, well, I suppose I always like to sort of zoom out uh, before getting into the, uh, the, the entrails, the minutia of the story. The first thing to say is uh, I don't think the New York Times is quoting anybody uh, but anonymous sources. Yeah, that, well, sorry, yeah, it was um, Wall Street Journal. Yeah, yeah. sorry, Wall Street Journal. Um, well, a, a, and what the Wall Street Journal, indeed, if we were to say in Australia, you know, who should win the Walkley Award uh, for uh, news, for news stories, it would be, in my opinion, the City Morning Herald anonymous sources uh, close to the story said. <laughs> and, um, you know, it used to be when when you and I were boys uh, that the ethic of journalism was that if you don't have a source, you don't have a story. Yeah. Yet we find now the Academy Award uh, for stories uh, is almost invariably uh, a, a source who, for reasons of job security, felt it appropriate to retain their anonymity. In other words, so, potentially made up. A potentially made up source. The second thing I would say is that, you know, I mean, we saw this big smash uh, attack on Alan Jones recently, you know, by the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, otherwise known as the Nine Entertainment Group. Now, 
They don't. They never mention anywhere in the story that Alan Jones is the anchor of ADH TV, uh, an emerging rival to the Nine Entertainment Group. And likewise, we see in you know as we zoom out to look at the Elon Musk story, we see when a mainstream organisation, for example, such as Fox News, sacks Tucker Carlson, hoping to silence him. Uh, he then relaunches on Twitter, or now known as X, um, and commands 90 million viewers in, in his first outing. And so you see in Elon Musk on a purely commercial basis, Elon is like the cross to Count Dracula. And <laughs> it is not surprising to me that... <laughs> He is the one picked out uh, yeah. by the New York Times. And, uh, oh, sorry, is it the, just correct my memory, was it the NYT or the Wall Street Journal? Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And the last thing I will say in defence of Elon Musk is that, you know, these major once great mastheads like the Wall Street Journal uh, and the New York Times have already been fingered as being mouthpieces for the three-letter agencies. They have been fully compromised in their independence. They are basically just cut and post jobs, uh, where the agencies and the church committee of the US Congress looked into it and were able to demonstrate there were over 400 journalists in the mainstream media who were direct recipients of perks, uh, you know, remuneration, CV enhancement, uh, business class trips to conferences overseas, and they just were shot through, zero independence, zero kind of firewalls against penetration by unnamed uh, national security organisations pumping out, quote, counterintelligence. And yeah. here you find in Musk someone who is both a commercial rival, but at the same time, a sceptic on uncontrolled mass migration across the southern border, a sceptic on COVID lockdowns uh, and mandatory injections, a sceptic on the Ukraine war. So it does not surprise me that he is the target of what I describe most modern journalism is a kind of a drive-by shooting. Uh, that's what's happening here. It's a load of bull, and Elon is right. Whatever he's doing, he should keep doing it. I love your zooming out. I love the analysis of zooming out. You've got to think about what they have as far as their motivation to print a story made up of no sources that could potentially be made up completely. I, I'm with you all the way. Who cares? Who cares what he's doing? I've got to take a quick break, Ross. I'll come back in just a moment with more, and we'll talk about Wikipedia and a few other little bits and pieces. Ross Cameron, special guest on the program. Rejoining us right after this on TNT. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went. To, I bet you more than fifty percent didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in in uh, Palestine uh, with the U.S. Since since well, under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down. Thank God. But you know, Biden, Obama, they. Still start sending billions over to uh, that part of the world. These people are, have been after Israel forever and, and uh, supported by Iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them not, uh, you know, basically uh, create chaos in the Middle East, terrorism. And, and we saw what happened earlier this year, about a month ago, uh, the two of them went. 
attack in Israel and the death and destruction, rape and kidnapping, more than 240 people kidnapped. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. A hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. As we know from those who run you know, some of the big tech companies, um, the truth is always in the hands of the operator. In other words, what we seem to think might be unbiased is obviously biased because there are human beings involved. And the same could be true of Wikipedia. Ross Cameron, I cannot tell you how many times information I've taken from Wikipedia biographies have turned out to be totally false because of Wikipedia. So I come from a very biased place when uh, in reference to Wikipedia. But now we're hearing from the Times in London that Wikipedia is being changed to downgrade the atrocities committed by the regime. I guess it all depends on who's editing Wikipedia, doesn't it? Yes, well, <clears throat> Wikipedia, I confess to you, uh, is, is, it, is something which I sort of fell in love with uh, at the start. I really enjoyed, appreciated this idea of a decentralised source of knowledge and information mm. and a democratic process of assembling the pieces of data. Um, but, you know, I, I came uh, to my first real uh, wake-up call uh, was when I saw my own Wikipedia biography, <laughs> um, which is indeed uh, a very professionally uh, constructed hatchet job. And if you read it, um, you know, I, I don't think I'm, you know, the best guy in the world, but I'm not competing for a place, uh, you know, overseeing who <laughs> gets into the gates of hell. And yeah. You would, and the, the professionalism of the hit job uh, on me uh, was something of a wake-up call, whereas what yep. you find is if you go to, you know, somebody like Hillary Clinton, oh. um, you know, or Al Gore. St. Hillary. You know, you find, and, 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 in this, and so I guess one of the interesting stories we saw over the past week, if I may uh, digress, Chris, was that there is an account on um, Reddit which is a similar sort of democratic-based uh, platform which started out as being owned by the people. And we find now there is intense speculation and quite a bit of evidence that indeed Ghislaine Maxwell uh, was the most active editor on Reddit for about uh, over five years of all the key stories that were breaking. And I guess it's just a, if we take the zoom out approach again, what you find is that the richest and most powerful agencies of the state wind up having limits to what they can achieve by either legislation or indeed by dropping bombs. And so they naturally are attracted to directing their resources to influencing opinion yeah. by whatever means they can. And yeah. I just don't doubt somebody like George Soros or the agencies of the state invest very significant resources on what are allegedly NGOs 
in order to suborn them, yes. to colonise them and to turn them into agents of state opinion. And that's exactly what's occurring in relation to Wikipedia. All you have to do is compare left to right biographies uh, that have been written by editors who clearly have a, a bias. Now, Taiwan, very quickly, they go to the polls on Saturday. Um, China has made a statement at the beginning of the year. Xi Jinping spoke again about reunification. This would mean what to the region, depending on who wins? Yeah, well, Taiwan uh, is important sort of in its own right. Um, but it's also important because as the, uh, you know, uh, the US, NATO, UK war machine, basically wakes up each morning and says, who can we destabilise, topple or invade next? <laughs> and they kind of working their way through Afghanistan, Libya, uh, Syria, Iraq. Uh, and now that the American people kind of running out of patience with Zelensky in Ukraine, they're sort of saying, well, wh who's our next destabilisation target? And... Um, you know, Taiwan is a place where in a, in 1992, I mean, the, the argument's been going on since Chiang Kai-shek uh, lost the civil war in China in sort of 1949-50, evacuated to Taiwan, set up his operations there, took the whole of the uh, Chinese national treasury with him, which is a bit of a sore point. Uh, and then there's, so there's been this uneasy relationship between uh, the two ever since. Uh, 1992, they came to a sort of, in, in, a, in a meeting in Hong Kong, the two sides came to a sort of informal understanding that Taiwan would not declare uh, independence, that there was only one China, but that they wouldn't really make a big deal about it, that the two sides would cooperate. And that sort of uneasy but non-violent truce, which was deeply uh, populated by commercial investments in both directions over that period of time, where the great diplomats were the capitalists and the businessmen, not the formal diplomatic corps, as is so often the case. Mm. Um, but then in 2016, uh, when the current administration, the DPP, I think that's the Democratic Progressive Party, got elected, they began a more sort of tub-thumping independence rhetoric and the bilateral relationship broke down. And so now we're in this sort of uneasy situation. And I don't doubt that a massive coalition of sort of George Soros, MI6, CIA-funded so-called NGOs are working towards destabilisation uh, because there's nothing the military-industrial complex wants more uh, than a new arms contract. They sure do. They sure do. I've been watching, I don't know whether you've ever watched this, the UK or the Scottish um, television series, and I can't remember what streaming service is on, but anyway, um, Vigil. Um, it's series number two, and it beautifully describes what you have put together there uh, the elements of the CIA, et cetera, in trying to destabilise an area for, um, you know, monetary gain. It's a fantastic I, – I recommend it to as many people as I can. Two quick ones. My good friend at The Australian, Matthew Condon, has written an outstanding article today about renewable energy wars in Australia. It's titled, Wind Warriors versus Wind Warriors. 
and it traces the friction between both sides, which is building immensely, and how coastal greenies are kind of gone off their green tinge when it comes to having giant steel turbines in their backyard. The whole green evangelical absolutism over renewables is falling down very quickly, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is where, you know, taking the zoom out approach, we see exactly the same phenomena taking place as we see in relation to the COVID fear-mongering, alarmism, terror language. Uh, likewise, we see these constant prophecies of imminent doom and destruction, the end of the earth, Henny Penny style uh, stories being pumped out that if we don't do X, Y, Z, uh, within the next five years, we'll reach a turning point and global boiling, boiling from which we can never turn back. Mm. Um, it's absolute rubbish. The mm. so-called, uh, there is no science to climate change. There is nothing climate science. It is pure political science. The science was debunked in the 20th century. And now what we see in global warming is just a, string, a wall of cash taxpayer-funded subsidies. Yep. Uh, and climate change is really the corpse from the weekend at Bernie's, which is still twitching <laughs> uh, under the weight of cash subsidies, but it's actually been, the body's been dead for 20 years. But the point about wind is that it is one of the least efficient generators of energy because the wind is only blowing, you know, at best it's like 22% of the time. So what it means is you need, uh, and Alex Epstein, the greatest modern philosopher of climate, makes the point that he was converted from an initial believer to a non-believer when he studied the literature and found this ruthless trend that you could talk about the benefits of renewables, but you were never allowed to talk about their costs. And mm. you could talk about the costs of traditional fossil fuels, but never their benefits. And his first example is it, within a one acre space, you can build a, you know, two and a half uh, gigawatt coal-fired power station, which will provide the power to a city of a million people. To do the same with windmills, whether offshore or onshore, you need to deface and graffiti hundreds of thousands of hectares of pristine environment because the method is so totally inefficient. And that's why wind is a bull story and all the farmers who are resisting are 100% correct to do so and I wish more strength to their elbow. I have a feeling that sometime in 2024 we're going to see vision of what we saw in Dublin and vision of what we saw in Amsterdam with truckloads of farmers turning up to Canberra and cities like Sydney protesting against this renewable rubbish. That's just my tip for 2024. Hey, fantastic to have you on the program, as usual. Um, I hope it wasn't too taxing. Never really is with me, but thank you very much for being on here, Ross. Much appreciated. Well, look, you're so sweet and kind and complimentary. <laughs> I come on for my own mental health, mate. <laughs> That's good. You'll be uh, you'll be a different man for the rest of the afternoon, no doubt. Bounce out with a spring in my step, brother. <laughs> thank you, mate. Much appreciated. My pleasure. All right. President of the Libertarian Party in New South Wales, former federal member for Parramatta, Ross Cameron, an intellect and a wit like no other, and we'll have him on next Tuesday uh, to get through some of the bigger stories in the world. Got to get you some news, and I'll do that right now on TNT. Hear about it. We're depending on our congressmen. Talk about it. The people have to stand up and say enough. Now, TNT Radio News. 
Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. US President Joe Biden has been heckled by Palestinian activists demanding a ceasefire in Gaza. America's top defence chief remains bedridden in hospital a week after being admitted to intensive care. A US Navy sailor will spend the next two years in federal prison after confessing to selling military secrets to China. And Bangladesh's Prime Minister has become the country's longest serving leader after winning a fifth term in office in the weekend's general election. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. To Evelyn Ray in just a short moment, I want to go to the chat box on tntradio.live and Bonus Years has added his or her input into the idea that you've got to follow the money trail. And uh, Bonus Years has stated, in the 1930s, Albert Einstein was asked, what was the greatest invention of man? An answer about 1930s, Albert Einstein was asked, what was the greatest invention of of man. An answer about scientific relativity was expected, but his answer was compound interest. That kind of sums it up. He knows what the motivation is, even in scientific terms. I've got a former New South Wales police detective coming onto the program right now, writer and podcaster for Cauldron Pool, a woman of the land and a woman of great substance, Evelyn Ray. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, you too, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on. How did your Christmas go? How did you spend uh, the last couple of weeks? Resting, I hope. <laughs> uh, been a little bit busy here on the farm, but um, got everything done that we needed to do all in time for Christmas so we could sit back and eat a lot of food with family, uh, which was a real blessing. So pretty quiet one, but they're always the best. That's good. And unlike what we heard throughout October, November about the kind of summer we were expecting in Australia, that is mm. a burning hot summer where everything was on fire and bushfires would be more fierce than ever before, um, at least on the east coast of Australia, it was anything but. Yes, we've actually had some rain. So it's been such a blessing, such a gift, um, you know, watching the hills turn green after being so dry and brown for such a long time. So praise God for that. And, um, yeah, looking forward to more rain, I hope, in the coming week. Yeah, here, here to the green. All right, to the UK first and a front page story and a battle over diversity. And I love this subject, diversity. Channel 4 is protesting against the appointment of four white directors. How dare they, how dare they were born white. Um, they put them on the board in a row over ethnic diversity. The move sparked criticism from Sir Ian Cheshire, the chairman of Channel 4, who warned that the board was lagging behind its own diversity targets, or is that lagging behind the woke culture in corp in the corporate world? Uh, following the appointments, Channel 4's board will have 15 members, of whom 14 or 93% are white. Under its remit to represent minorities, the broadcaster has an overall target to draw 20% of its staff from ethnic minorities 
12% from people with disabilities and 6% from those who identify as LGBT. Whatever happened to hiring <laughs> just the best people for the job, Evelyn? I don't know what happened to that, but it certainly needs to come back because quotas over quality is just a cancer on any civilization. Yes. It will always fail. And I mean, I can't like th this whole subject gets me really annoyed because I just can't imagine a white person in Kenya protesting that there's too many black people representing their own nation. I just I can't fathom that happening. That would be absolute lunacy to me. I can't imagine going to China and going, I'm outraged that there aren't more Australians representing, you know, their their government, yeah. their parliament. Like it, it just, I can't imagine the sort of person you have to be to be upset about something like this. It, it, it should just be best person for the job. And you can't convince me or any sane person with more than two brain cells that there is prejudice or discrimination based on the color of your skin or, or your sexual preference in 2024. It has been shoved down our throats for that long. It's ingrained in legislation that you're not allowed to do it. It does not happen. It's 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 phantom. It doesn't exist. They make up problems to make themselves feel important or to have an identity. I don't know what it is, but it's not an issue in 2024 and they make it up and then they make us all suffer for it, for these delusional realities that are just not real. Um, but it, it, it is absolute lunacy, like I said. And the question is why? Like, why does it have to be like this? You know, let, let me just pose this. Do people being awarded these positions not based on merit? Do they not feel embarrassed? They must. Isn't it, isn't it condescending? Isn't it patronising? I think yeah. the most racist thing out there is quota-based employment. That's racist in itself. Yep. Best person for the job. I have no problem if you're purple, if you're green, if you're black, if you're white. I could not care less if you're the best person for the job. Bam, you've got it. That's how it should be. That's how civilizations should function. And we should stop making up fairy tales that are just not real and start living in reality. Yeah. And even this idea that 6% of those on the board of Channel 4 have to be LGBT. Like the last <laughs> time I looked, if you were trying to find a representative figure, it's about 2.1% of the population who may have LGBT connections, uh, maybe a fraction more in the UK, I don't know. But Who cares, seriously. Chris? <laughs> how, I mean, who, who cares? You, who cares, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what you do in your bedroom doesn't affect how you do taxes or how, how you do an Excel spreadsheet. Like yeah. it shouldn't even be factored into anything. Like yeah. your marital status shouldn't be factored in your sexual. Like it's just irrelevant nonsense Correct. that they expect us to constantly pander to. And I think we just got to stop doing it. Yeah, we should. All right, to the US and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on Monday admitted to Border Patrol agents, according to Fox News, that the current rate of release for illegal immigrants apprehended at the southern border is above 85 per cent. Mayorkas made the remarks when meeting privately with agents in Eagle Pass, Texas, according to three Border Patrol sources who spoke to Fox News, who were in the room and heard the remarks themselves. So not only is the Biden administration, Evelyn, lying to the American public about how many are basically allowed straight through and are being processed in that way, um, but they're also lying about the number 
And this is going to plague, this problem, this border crisis is going to plague the United States for decades to come. Oh, without doubt. We're, we're yet to, well, they are yet to see the long-term consequences for what they're doing. And just for some perspective here, statistically speaking, the Biden presidency has let in more illegal aliens than the Obama presidency and the Trump presidency combined. Yeah. So you, you can't fathom or begin to imagine the numbers. And that's what we know of, Chris, like you said, that's what statistics say. And I mean, how many things are happening that we're not aware of that they don't want us to be aware of is another question. I mean, you and I, if, if we wanted to get a green card and go to America, we wanted to get residency there. We wanted to eventually become a citizen over there. We wanted to buy land. We wanted to get a job and get, you know, monetary income from there, it would be hell on earth trying yeah. to make that happen. I can tell you that for fact, because during COVID, I thought maybe I'll get off the prison island and go to the land of the free. And <laughs> after the end of my research, I thought, you know, it would be easier for me to learn Spanish, to go to the Mexican border and just to walk over there. That would be easier than doing it lawfully <laughs> and legally. Um, and this is the, the outrageous thing. And this is why Western nations will implode if we don't change this. If you constantly reward bad behavior and punish good behavior, it's going to end in chaos. They reward people who do the wrong thing, who don't go about it the right way and get, you know, legitimate residency or, you know, go through the processes like every other normal non-criminal. Um, and then they just let people doing it the wrong way in. It's backwards. It's you know, left is right, up is down. Yeah, boys yeah. are girls, girls are boys. Like this is the insanity of this world. Um, and you know, like I said, you should not punish uh, good behaviour whilst you reward bad behaviour. And that's exactly what's happening with the border crisis in America. Yeah. A whole heap of comments on the chat box too about <laughs> your diversity comments, and people are saying that the whole diversity thing is rubbish. Um, you can't get more diverse than London, unlike Australia, um, says Mr. Moose. But at the end of the day, no one wants it. People want public entities to be represented or run by people who can do the job. And isn't that the prime concern? Uh, not yeah. people in positions because of what sex they get up to at night or what their skin colour is. It's just ludicrous. Mm. Now, I've had various discussions on this program last year about Victoria Victoria's Labor government, shutting down the stakes uh, logging industry, and the families are very upset. Um, they've been promised that there will be renewable energy opportunities and all of those have fallen do bit down by the wayside as well. But New South Wales is getting a step closer to the same ignorant ban. On Wednesday this week, the federal court will hand down a judgment in a landmark case brought by the Northeast Forest, Forest Alliance, the Greenies of the North Coast, which argued a 2018 agreement between the Commonwealth and the New South Wales governments allowing logging approvals to bypass federal environment checks was faulty. We've got too many committees with too many chances to kibosh constructive resource-laden projects, haven't we, Evelyn? Absolutely. I mean, since the beginning of time, Chris, civilizations have cut down trees, you know, more than ever, more than 2024. And we're still here. We're alive. Can you believe it? Despite the odds, despite all the climate alarmists, despite the global warming, the ice melting, the ice, despite all these things that they've done to us for modern history, we're still alive. You know, they, I, I was told by my local council, you know, a few years ago, if I cut down that tree in my backyard, I'm going to be contributing to the death of millions of people around the globe it's cut down 
uh, we're still here. So yep. hooray for us. Look, it, it's just a hoax. The whole thing is a hoax. Um, it's a cult. It's a religion. And, you know, here's the thing. There are plans in place to replace trees. Sure, there could be an argument perhaps if we're logging and we're not replacing trees, but we're doing it responsibly. There are systems in place and the system works. There is no stopping anybody from planting as many trees as they want. And in fact, the government do do that. And the logging industry do that because they're legislated to do that. There are protocols in place. They've been doing this for decades. There are forests that are cut, forests that are replanted. We've re it, it's a regeneration process. The world is not supposed to be a wilderness. When you think of wilderness, you think of chaos, you think of death, you think of destruction. When you think of a garden, something that you tend to and nurture and care for, you think of something nice and safe. And you know, we can't keep letting our world just become a wilderness because we're worried about a possum or a lizard or some beetle that might become extinct. Like, no, from the beginning of time, we have used trees, we have used wood, and we're doing it sustainably. We're doing it responsibly. Like, everybody and not only, wants not to only have that, it. you think about the furious fires we've had in recent years where the old ways of logging, the old ways of clearing have been yeah. set aside because, oh, you can't upset the flora and fauna, despite That's the fact right. that Indigenous populations have done that for tens of thousands of years. So we don't touch it. So we have this incredible, you know, load of um, a load of material that can in, be inflamed and burn at a ferocity we've never seen before. Part of that is because we've got rid of logging. Yes, and this happened in Victoria. So we've seen it. You know, in Victoria, they banned the logging, as you know. But you know what? They needed it. So what did they do? They actually had to buy trees. They had to buy wood from Tasmania. You know, like this is the irony of it. We're not doing any better. Um, the world's not, you know, getting more trees. We're just cutting them down from a different area yeah. from someone else. Um, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's a mental illness at this yeah. point in time because it doesn't take a rocket scientist or an environmentalist, a geophysicist. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to know that it's a, it's a scam. Yeah. Um, and there's no and one in mainstream media taking on those in power on these subjects. There's no one sitting down for three quarters of an hour, for instance, speaking to the Prime Minister or the Environment Minister about the, you know, the pros and cons of chasing renewable energy or the pros and cons of stopping logging in national parks, etc. No one is cut no one is being forced to explain the pros and cons or why we're doing what we're doing because there's no there's no good argument for it. No, they don't. That's the point. They, there is no argument. As soon as they go to talk about it, they can't um, because th there's no basis and no foundation for what they're saying. Um, mm. We can show them statistics. We can show them that, you know, from the beginning of time, the, the sway and the change of the weather, the sea levels, the fires, the ice caps, we, we can show them that and they ignore it. And this is what happens when you become radical and yeah. it's like a radical religion. You yeah. can't it's see- Evangelism. It's evangelism. It and when, when you are an evangelist, you don't say that God has weaknesses. And I'll tell you what the weaknesses are. You mm -hmm. are pro-God. And I'm not saying anything nasty about Christianity. <laughs> I'm just saying when you're an evangelist, this is what happens. You hear one side of the story. Now, just before I let you go, and I know you'd love to comment on this, um, I mentioned <laughs> it with Ross Cameron a little bit uh, earlier. 
Um, we should be forgiven, I guess, for feeling a sense of deja vu at the moment because um, there's this fast-moving Omicron sub-variant triggering wave-on-wave, quote-unquote, of COVID-19 in Australia. Are they buttering us up, Evelyn, for <laughs> a lockdown in 2024, do you think? Look, the same people that are telling me to be scared of this are the same people who told me I was going to die when I had the Delta strain. So I'm not that worried about it. But look, I'm in two minds about this. The precedent's been set. Like we we were foolish. We were as a nation and we did really stupid things. We should not have done that. And it's come out now that the lockdowns harmed more than they did any good. We know that that's established. That's mainstream now. I said that three years ago and got shut down, but that's mainstream now. I'm vindicated. So the precedent's been set. They know they can and they will try again. However, a good portion of our nation has had their trust burnt, you know, and and this is the whole thing. If something is legitimately dangerous out there and something could legitimately cause harm to a person's health, and, and it's not taken seriously. This is on the, the heads of the mainstream government uh, media. This is on the he- the heads of um, those medical officials that ha- were shoving things down our throat for years. This is on the government um, if this goes pear-shaped and we don't take it seriously. Because I do not blame the Australian people for not taking any of this seriously and not believing them because we were lied to for years. We were discriminated against for years. We were ostracized for years. We were coerced yeah. into getting vaccinated if we wanted to or not for years we were bullied harassed intimidated threatened you name it that sounds like an avo application That's that right. happened to us the government did that to us the mainstream media did hey i had family members do that to me you know for for years and years and years and we've been vindicated and i think a lot of people have woken up to that now and i hope they tell the government to shove it where the sun doesn't shine this time um i'm hopeful that that's the case but like if 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 deaths happen down the track because people don't take medical professionals or the government seriously, that's on them. That's not on us because they burnt our trust and they abused yep. us for too long. But give us the chance to make our <laughs> own choices. Give us the chance to have freedom of choice because we have earned that. Amen. Evelyn Ray, fabulous to have you on the program in living colour, vision, audio. We appreciate <laughs> it. Have a great week and uh, we'll catch up very soon. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. No no problem. Good on you. Evelyn Ray, um, who writes for The Cauldron Pool, does podcast on Cauldron Pool and uh, is a former police detective. Her insight is outstanding and I've always very keen to have her on this program. You'll hear her again, I promise, and uh, regularly because she's a fantastic commentator. We'll take a break. I've got some ads to play. We'll come back after that and talk further on TNT. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. 
Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love, to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I'm not out of time. I've got more time to take your calls and you can call in, jump on the talkback lines and have your say. The best place in world media to do so from the United States or Canada, it's one 201 From the UK, let's hear what you've got to say as we come up to 6am, 0330024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, one 800 We were talking there about the absolute hoax of a boiling planet and how everything we seem to do to get rid of carbon dioxide, which is plant food, doesn't change the levels of carbon dioxide in the air. Have you noticed that? Trillions and trillions of dollars spent on shutting down coal-fired power stations and putting up wind turbines and billions spent on subsidies. You'd reckon that if that was the correct path, we'd start to see a lowering in the rate of increase of CO2, at least the lowering in the rate of increase. Some might say we'd expect a decrease in the levels of CO2, but no, 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 no. Let's go over to their view for the, for the sake of the argument. A lowering in the increase of CO2, we're not even getting that. So it's not working. And while we're focusing on putting up windmills that can take advantage of the times that it's windy, which is about 22% of the time, as Ross pointed out, we're facing a gas crisis and no more, more acutely than in Australia. Australia must prioritise shoring up gas supplies, according to a story in the Australian newspaper today, to prevent prolonged use of coal and a bumpy transition. You see, all along, I've kind of accepted that the green movement and politicians who have all of a sudden discovered that you've got to be green to be voted in will be so powerful that we can't beat it. So I've taken a more pragmatic approach in that let's look at other sources of energy like nuclear. Let's transition if we have to with gas. But they've even demonised gas, even though it has far less CO2 emissions. We shouldn't be demonising gas. If you're transitioning to other power sources, whether that be wind, solar, and the mix of nuclear, which I think is a good mix, you've got to use gas. You must use gas. Otherwise, we all end up in the dark. We don't have an economy. We don't have industry. We can't see. So what we've got now are the country's largest energy companies getting together to warn Australia that you've got to make sure you look after your gas supplies. But of course, the green movement are influencing government in castigating and demonising gas the same way they're doing with coal. Australia is moving at a pace to reshape its $2.5 trillion economy with the federal Labor government pledging to accelerate the build out 
of renewable energy and recently announced plans to use taxpayer money to underwrite a substantial increase in zero emission energy sources. But Adam Watson, chief executive of APA Group, the country's largest listed gas infrastructure company, and Mark Collette, chief executive of Energy Australia, Australia's fourth largest electricity and gas retailer, have both warned Canberra is overlooking the vital role of gas in the country's energy transition, and that's entirely correct. Both CEOs participating in the Australian's 2024 CEO survey say more must be done to support gas through the energy transition. Australia can't deliver a fast, fair and affordable transmission by continuing to extend our reliance on coal-fired generation while demonising the important role gas plays. Enough said. I won't read on. We are demonising gas to our great detriment. And you know whose detriment that is? retailers and therefore consumers who have to pay their power bills. We simply cannot afford our energy bills. No one told us that we would be paying energy bills in the vicinity of mortgage repayments, but that's the truth. It's obsessive. This whole renewable religion is so obsessive, they've forgotten how to keep the lights on. No one's done a proper due diligence report on how to keep the lights on with an emphasis on solar and wind. They won't do it because they know it can't work. Anyway, that's interesting that that story hits today after what we've spoken about in terms of wind turbines. Now, I don't know what you think of your own airport in your own city. We, we tend to take the mickey out of our own airports because we've all been caught up in, you know, the lack of flowing movement at an airport. We've all got off planes after 24-hour flights having to wait in huge lines to be checked out. You know the problems. Every airport has its problems. Some airports have more problems than others. Well, former Australian Treasurer Joe Hockey has slammed Sydney Airport after facing a horror experience there today calling conditions for travellers worse than the worst in the USA. Of course, he was the former ambassador to Washington, so he knows all about US airports. The Daily Telegraph spoke to Mr. Hockey from the airport before he caught a flight to Japan. The former ambassador to the US said his latest experience at Sydney Airport had been an absolute mess, he said. And i got to say, there are times when I arrive at Sydney Airport and I shake my head thinking to myself, is this a regional airport or is it the airport for the gateway to Australia? Because it's not acting light like a gateway airport. Um, having served as Australia's ambassador to the US, Mr. Hockey said he had seen his fair share of badly run airports in the States, but today's scenes at Sydney Airport were far worse. It's extremely chaotic and really disorganised. I've travelled a lot and this is the worst I've ever seen it here. It's worse than anything I've ever seen at airports in the US. Mr. Hockey said the flight was also running late, with large numbers of people being directed into lines to try and control the crowds. Mr. Hockey said he had witnessed a number of instances of airport staff being yelled at by angry and frustrated travellers. The faster Badgeries Creek Airport gets up and going, the better, he said. Well, the second airport in Sydney is at Badgeries Creek, which is around about, correct me if I'm wrong, 50, 55 kilometres west to the city? I don't know. If you think Badgeries Creek Airport is the answer 
to stopping confusion and chaos at Sydney Airport. You believe in fairies at the bottom of the garden. Anyway, that's a topic for another day. I've got to leave you right now. I'll leave you in the trusted hands of Dean Mackin and then following Dean, Katie Hopkins from London, all happening right here on TNT. Let's talk tomorrow. Tomorrow.